You're listening to The RC, your guide to digital cinema, filmmaking, and cutting-edge imaging. Hi, and welcome to this week's RC podcast covering digital cinematography. And this week we are going to be covering NAB in episode 150 here at the RC podcast, where we see our role to cover all the stuff that happens in places like NAB. Also to uh, check out all the filters, check out all the gear, have a couple of discussions that one might even characterize as a rat hole. Um, This is all the stuff that Jason and I obsess and argue about and try and work out, and we want you to join the conversation. And Jason, fresh off the flight from um, America... He is joining me via Fresh Skype. Off the boat. How are you, sir? Excellent. How are you going? Was it a good NAB? Uh, I thought it was great, actually. I think um, I think it was a little bit more sort of interesting uh, things coming out of it. I think, yeah, absolutely. I think there was a lot more stuff that uh, was actually valid rather than that's a quirky new thing. Uh, I'm not sure how well that's going to go. There's a lot of stuff is actually that's a quirky new thing, and it's actually cool, and I want it. <laughs> so we're going to be discussing getting greedy. We're going to be discussing later in the show uh, or a range of things. Obviously, the Black Magic cameras, the new Canon cameras, the Dragon weapon stuff from Red. Um, but also, as you're alluding to, Jay, some of that stuff that uh, you know sort of doesn't immediately jump up and uh, strike you. Um, uh, and we've already got a small story up on FX Guide if you want to check it out. But there is all the stuff like I don't know, uh, Red Rocks and um, Halo. That oh, is it Halo? Um, that Hello. I wanted, yeah, Halo. That I wanted to uh, ask about because um, I was just sort of those are sort of things you look at the press release, but until somebody's actually seen it and and sort of yeah. sussed it, whether you know it's sort of going to work or not. But anyway, if I just start at the beginning, um, was there anything what? that you know you just really uh, camera wise, not gear wise, but camera wise, just uh, thought, okay, this is a must have. Like Jason was pulling out his credit card level. Hmm. Well, look, if I didn't already have a Sony FS7, I think the uh, the Ursa Mini is intriguing. That's worth a, a big chat. There's a couple of... Uh, uh, yes, there's a... Um, I think the two... My two... I guess my two best in show, I th- I guess three best in shows, uh, two of them would have been um, on the uh, Red Rock Micro uh, stand. One of oh, those really? would have been the Halo, and that is yeah. not a that is an ins, that is not an inconsequential thing to even try and explain. It's one of those things you have to see a video of it to to completely understand. Um, and yeah, the third thing would I think would have to be the uh, well, uh, take your pick. But I think the Ursa Mini from Blackmagic is a significantly uh, is a significant camera and beyond what the Ursa was last year. Yeah, I've got to say the Ursa was uh, discounted by me as being too bulky, a too heavy a camera for me to really get excited about. So I got I got very excited when I saw the Mini. Um, it's, it I lifted look... an Ursa at the show yeah. for the first time, and nothing, nothing can prepare you for how heavy that is. Yeah, uh, and they know that they you know they started off they started off the press conference talking about this, knowing the positioning the Ursa as. A studio camera as keep it on a tripod but I, I i i i cannot i do not know what they put in that camera to make it that heavy nothing you say oh yeah this camera's gonna be heavy i know it's gonna be heavy and you pick it up and you go what the fuck this is this can, is seriously like picking up three cameras can i ask you a question though like there was you, yes. you on that list wasn't the micro also from black magic um uh it is on there i think one, two, no three, no but four, i mean it wasn't on your list of things that you said that impressed you um, you were just saying uh, that the, look, yeah, the Ursa Mini is the one of the, of the Blackmagic cameras that really got your attention. Yeah, I think so. I think I think the, the Ursa Mini, uh, yes, the, 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 
the micro cinema camera true it is it's this is what i was saying about the show i think that there's a few quite a few significant things rather than i think maybe last year there was literally only one or two sort of like standouts maybe like last year there was like the andra thing and 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 maybe the ursa but it was uh yeah i think last year the ursa was kind of like well that's interesting but but yeah it was an interesting but yeah and i think the ursa mini represents an absolute quantum shift from that this represents this is like like three years of learning and developing from a camera that literally was only existed a year ago. So I think it is, it's significantly, it's a significant shift. I actually think they're doing themselves a bit of a disservice on the photo that, that has the, uh, you know, Italian model um, holding the darn All thing. of their photos do that, I yeah. think. It makes, yeah. it, makes, it makes filmmaking look like a, uh, uh, like a Dolce Gabbana catalogue. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, but it actually seems a yeah. bit bigger when he's got it on his shoulder than it actually seems in your photos that you sent me. Yeah. Um, it is very compact. It is definitely. It looks to look at. If you look, if you sideways glance at it, it looks like a Sony FS7. It's right. very small. Very. It literally weighs about two kilos. The body itself. It's magnesium. Uh, the it's, body, isn't it? The, yes. Yeah. The cameras at the show were aluminium because they were just la- fa- la- late latest uh, pre-productions. But uh, the final production camera will be will be magnesium and will be about two kilos. Yeah. Okay, so let's go down to the the nitty gritty on that sucker. So it's a four K camera. It's a four point six. Camera, hang. What is it? Well, there's two. Ver- there's four versions of it. Basically, okay. uh, there's what they've done, and this is also something you can retrofit to your original Ursa if you have one. Is spend a lot of time, um, and they knew by the, when they released the Ursa last year that this was coming. Uh, basically, have started their own sensor uh, manufacturing and have developed some a 4.6K sensor, newer than uh, the, this is a new sensor to the show this year. Uh, uh, it's far better, far more sensitive. Don't, don't ask me what the uh, base ISO is. I can't remember, but it's cleaner, and it is 4.6K, and it is the most staggering thing that it gives it 15 stops of dynamic range. So uh, they've spent a lot of money developing this, and now they own the, the tech, and they are uh, offering the the four versions of the Ursa Mini is PL mounts or EF mount. And for the original 4K sensor, which was in the original Ursa, or 4.6K uh, new sensor. So you, ha- you have some choices depending on what you want to and spend. Can I Starting swap at a staggering an... $2,900. Can I swap from an EF to a PL, or is it just like inherently in the camera when I buy it? Oh, gee. I think it's inherently in the camera, isn't it? I, I'm I pretty think sh- it is inherently in the camera. It's yeah. unlike the Ursa, to keep things simpler, it's unlike the original Ursa where you can swap the sensors. And going back to that, as I say, they have there is an upgrade path. If you bought an original Ursa and you want to upgrade it from the old 4K sensor to the 4.6K, uh, it is a $2,000 upgrade, and you can actually literally do it yourself. That's how good these cameras were designed, is they'll literally send it to you, and, and literally you can um, follow along with the bouncing ball and swap over the sensor yourself at home. Now, so, pretty impressive. While, while that 4.6 is pretty impressive, I've got to say I'm more impressed with the dynamic range, because I actually think Ultra that, HD at yeah, the you know, 3800 is pretty bloody good, mm, and I'm, yeah. I'm not in a race for bigger frames and... And do you know the other thing I'm not in a race for? I'm not in a race for um, incredibly expensive memory for these cameras, like as in media. Uh, yeah. Because some of the cameras yeah, are coming exactly. out with incredibly expensive media. Um, yeah, we'll, and, we'll get to that. Yes, and you indeed. plow C-fast through them. Two cards. Got, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So CFast two cards for this. So that that is very affordable. That's like the XQD, QXDs, whatever they are. Three, or th- you know, two or three hundred bucks for a sixty-four gig card. I think last time yeah, I checked, that's the zone. Which is yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. A few yeah, thousand so, bucks when you start getting it media spends. It's like yeah, wait a second. Yeah, yeah. But this camera is really well designed. They've trimmed out everything you don't need. Uh, it still has a flip-out monitor, so it has the same. Uh, five-inch monitor as their other little monitor that they launched at the show as well, the um, the video split. So it has a flip-out five-inch monitor. It still has a, a, the 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 flip-out LCD is 1080p. Uh, it comes with a side handle and a rosette on the side of the body, so it comes with the side handle. It does not come with the EVF though. That was another one of their significant uh, announcements was the uh, because the Ursa itself never came with a uh, viewfinder, an EVF. They've developed this, uh, again, it's full 1080p, um, I think OLED, uh, EVF, very small, very compact and designed to um, slide perfectly into the dovetail on the top of this camera and the original Ursa. For fourteen ninety five. that's pretty bloody good. I didn't get it. i got to say, the Blackmagic stand on virtually every single day was chock-a-block, three or four deep people trying to get to every single camera it was there's there's a lot of stuff i didn't even get it multiple times passing their stand i never got a chance to get to play with uh, half the stuff even half the stuff they released forget trying to even demo um resolve 12 or or get even yeah. a, a, even to touch the uh, the micro cinema cameras that's all going to have to wait it's crazy it's crazy but, but before we move on just on that pricing so while i think it's great that they start at 290 well let's call it three grand us yeah um yes it is in in fact, if you go to the same version in the 4.6, it's five grand. But then you add in yes. that viewfinder that you just mentioned, that's sure. another 1500 sure. So somebody could reasonably want to have those extra stops of latitude and be spending six and a half grand or yes. not be doing that and spending sort of three grand plus a monitor, presumably. Um, yeah, and I think by the time you add, you've got to add a, back, a battery plate at the back of it and the hand grip extension for the for the grip that is included and the top handle and the that side, the um, shoulder mount with the rosettes on it. I think all of that's about $350, which itself yeah. is still really, really cheap. But yes, it does start to add up if you want to go, you know, pick pick you know the cream of the crop and go to PL mount as well. It's still it's still about it's still slightly less than an FS7 is, um, and it doesn't quite have the capabilities in some departments like the, the the high frame rate. It will go up to I think in depending on which camera you choose, you can go up to I think about 160 frames a yeah, second. But cropped, but right? it will it will do yeah it'll it'll window. Oh, but so I think it, goes it, it up is to, windowed, right? Not not um. That's my understanding. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. No, I believe it's windowed rather than. Well, yeah. I think once you get past sixty frames a second, it does four K up to sixty frames a second, second and yeah. then it will go to uh, HD. Um, I think HD up to maybe a hundred frames a second, and once you go up to maybe beyond those, there is some higher frame rates, but you then do start to get into sensor crop. But solid camera, beautifully made, very impressive, light years ahead of what we saw literally only 12 months ago. Uh, shipping in June, uh, yeah, and it's uh, very impressed for what you get. There's what I do think is interesting. You don't get the high frame rates of the FS7, but you get the nice flip-out yeah. monitor and the beautiful UI and very simple, easy, easy, easy to um, almost perhaps maybe even sometimes too easy uh, to use menu system. I was going to say, if you do swap out your uh, current Ursa, do that option mm-hmm. that you mentioned and put that new sensor, the 4.6K yes. sensor in, that'll do yeah. 120 frames a second at 4.6K. So at 15 stops. Sorry? 
at 15 stops of dynamic range. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I do think that's that's all really, really interesting. Let me just ask you this, though, just to get your... So, I think this is a legitimate camera, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. I think this is now... I think the Ursa was kind of, you know, had its issues and, and the, the, you know, definitely the weight and, you know, the the sensor was basically the same sensor from the original, yeah, the original yeah. studio camera. So, I had a lot of things against it. I think this is one of the first... This is their first serious competitor uh, um, to other cameras. I'm I'm really convinced they've done well. I mean, again, you know, the whole proof in the pudding thing. But I think we're gonna yeah. uh, if it if all pans out the way it looks. Yeah, this is this we're starting to see them being a serious player and up up against the likes of Canon and up against the likes of Sony. So let me ask you this: Really think it's going to ship in July? I mean, Blackmagic normally does meet those deadlines, but hasn't always. Well, they, yes, they did mention the fact that you know they were aware of the fact that. Um, that you know, obviously they had some delays and issues last time. I don't think they want to get burnt like that this time. Uh, this sensor has been around since you know for a while. They knew, as I say, they knew it was coming when they uh, launched the last one. So this was always in the pipe. I don't know. They they they, they are. It's done, and it, they are they are starting to build them. So that's. Um, I'd like to say they're going to stick to it. The main delay will probably be the fact that they're probably there's a lot of orders in. I'd say. Yeah, I mean, it's three months out. I'd love to see them shipping three months out in some quantity, not just drip feeding in three months. Yeah. But I say, yes. on the whole, Indeed. Blackmagic's better at shipping than not. Um, you know, when they don't yes. meet their deadlines, it's more of an exception than the rule. Yeah, indeed. Um, and that, that uh, you mentioned it in passing, but I was kind of interested because um, before when we were speaking, Jace, you were talking about the new um, uh, thing that looks like an iPhone from, um, uh, you know, the monitor. Uh, so small HD. Small HD, yeah. And then now yes. we've got the Blackmagic Video Assist Monitor. Yes. Um, <laughs> that was a little bit of a, a paper cut to Small HD who had announced their monitor a week or so before. And literally the night of the show, the night before the press release, all the banners started going up outside and lots of people were taking snaps of the, you know what was coming. For half the price, a 1080p touchscreen monitor uh, that records, I think it records 1080, even though it takes 4K, it records 1080. Um, yeah, I think it's 500 bucks. It's it's very nice. And touchscreen, which the 502 isn't, um, which is the small HD version. I, I, I had a quick play with it and it looks very good. I think one thing, uh, I, I wish it wasn't mini SDIs, but you, know, you can get an adapter, I guess, for that if this is going to be your your go-to i imagine most people are going to use this with hdmi uh but it still does still does the cross conversion i think the menu system is very nice i i personally have gone with the 502 i have a 502 in front of me uh i think it's really nice because does the 502 record no so this records at the moment sd card yes it doesn't record yet maybe that will happen at some well i'm just saying that the uh, black magic video assist for your 500 bucks uh, you can Indeed. put in a, uh, you know, micro SD card or, an, uh, you know, a 128 gig SD card is what they're recommending. And that will give us yeah. around sort of three to four hours of ProRes, depending on whether you're ProRes 422 or, or a yeah. light. Um, well, I want to monitor first that maybe hopefully with firmware updates, um, small HD having obviously burnt themselves before with the DP7 not being able to record. I'm sure they've future-proofed themselves, even though they've not announced it yet. I'm sure that they will record in the future. I uh, purely only want it to record for, you know, maybe if I'm going to use it as a director's monitor or just playback and check stuff. I don't want to use it. I don't believe I want to use it as an actual 
recorder, I have the I have the Odyssey Seven Q Plus for that. If I really want to record proper four K, um, so I I think there's better there's better monitoring tools, focus check tools built into from what I can tell so far for my taste built into the small HD. Small HD, if their DNA is is making great mon- reference monitors. And I think this, this, the way this is being marketed, the way that the Blackmagic monitor is being marketed, it is designed, and what they've marketed it as is a like a confidence check or a lineup monitor or a, just a shooting and framing monitor for their new, um, for the little micro cinema camera and for DSLRs. And I think it's maybe designed to be a recorder and just preview monitor. The, the clue is in the name, maybe video assist. It's designed to be, you know, I'm sure the colorimetry of the whole thing is fantastic, but I think small HD, just the way they think, they think more about... Um, this probably has, if you want peaking, it probably has, yes, peaking on-off, and that's it, maybe. The um, uh, small HD, you know, probably give you those finite sort of granular controls of exactly what kind of peaking you want. And, yeah, it's designed more, for a, a, a bit more of a pro pro tool rather than a, yeah, cause we use um, the, a we framing use the... tool for DSLR. We use the PIX, and uh, yes, and we right. like it a lot. Um, mm. But we're not normally mm. recording like 4K. But I've got to say, like I love having that workflow of having it just in ProRes light immediately going. If you're doing an interview, it's just super fast to drop yeah. it into and edit it in um, in Premiere. I just love it a lot. I've got to say, um, yeah. Which brings yeah. Me I think to that's the, why they've kept it just at 1080 because they just yeah. you know go for proxy. You know, just go for well, I say proxy, but you know, go for just drop in straight into edit. But for files. an interview, 1080p, you know, on a good camera, yeah, it's fine. Yep. Yeah, sure. It's not a narrative thing. It's just a, an interview. Hey, um, yeah. but that, there is a new PIX, though, isn't there? The E7? There is, yes. Well, uh, I think during the year or late last year, um, audio devices who make the PIX split themselves in half and turned into audio devices and video devices. And I went and saw their three new monitors, uh, the PIX E, I think they weirdly yeah. call them. Um, but there's like a five-inch, three versions of a, like a five-inch monitor, um, the E5, E7, and E5H. Oh, no, it's E7. Sorry, there's a seven-inch and yeah. a five-inch. Actually, I think there's even there's three versions, I think, of the of the five, depending on what you want to record. But surprisingly, I know if as you have the, uh, the picks, you'll know that that was not a cheap, not a cheap uh, item. No, but, but um, rock solid. The, Yes. Oh, absolutely. We love the UI. We love the build qualities. Beautiful. It's like yep. a Swiss watch, the way these things are built. Um, the pricing is really quite competitive for the, uh, for the Pixie, for, the, for, these, oh, really? for these new new recorders. Yeah, the pricing they were talking to me about was anywhere from about $1,000 up to $1,500, depending on whether you're recording 4K or, or 1080 or, or not recording at all just as a monitor. So yeah. I was I was very very impressed with the build quality. They're definitely bigger and chunk. I mean that the other thing that that video devices do is these things are built built a bit more solidly. They're yep. heavier. They are thicker, fatter. You know they're more designed to maybe put more in, in on a rig rather than something that you might want to handhold or put on as a camera top for a for a for a lighter camera. So. Um, yeah, I, I think it was, the, and it was a full full 1080 full 1080 uh, display, and really solid. So they 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 have not just split themselves 
for fun they are taking they are taking the video devices division is uh is grabbed the bull by the horns here and uh, aggressive in what they've launched and also aggressive in pricing if you look at something you know like the the the, the, the lowest one which is about a thousand dollars it's 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 edging into um a lot of other people's territories including what uh what small hd just announced so yeah i think it's yeah small hd better get that recording happening because there's a couple of other people who have um now um you know who are um flanking them really so like, I've, I've diverged us off from your initial list so you had three things Sorry. that stood out for you i think one of them was the uh ursa mini what was the and we're going to get to the halo next what was the second, third you, thing you- yes well halo was one of the things the other the other one was the um now, what is it called? Oh, the Red Rock Micro Ultra, Ultra Cage Scout. Now, there's no links there on the show notes. I'll put one in. But uh, it is it is a basically a cage for not just for A7S, but for, for, for a DSLR or mirrorless compact cage. But it is um, basically it is... Did you see the video, Mike? It's yeah, a it's, cage that has a thumb. You know, if you look, if you remember Red Rock Micros, uh, I think they call it the the the, the, the focus micro remote. I think it was their wireless wireless focus controller. They had mo- they built motors and they had a wireless controller and they also had a thumb wheel control. So basically, what they've done is made a cage for um, small cameras for as I say anything. I think that you can do five D GH four A seven S all in the yep. same cage. And in the hand grip on the left, they've built in into the hand grip just where your sort of index finger is, is a, a, a thumb wheel to um, control the focus. So if you imagine a cage that has uh, a rod mount on the top to put a motor, for, add it to your focus, and you don't have to take your hand away from supporting the camera to adjust the focus. So you can grab the camera by two hands, by its camera grip, the actual camera grip on the right hand with your right hand, and then this extra um, cage grip on your left hand and your index finger on your left hand controls the focus, and you can really solidly hang on to that camera. You don't have to sort of put your palm under the camera or anything. It, it It's not cheap, but if you shoot run and gun like this and you're all chasing your own, your own focus, so built into the cage itself is it's, uh, it's self-powered, uh, and also it has a wireless receiver. So if you add, say, for $900, the wireless hand grip thing you can then you could run and gun with this thing in your hand chase your own focus then just dock it on top of say a steady cam or put it into a gimbal turn on your transmitter and then you're and then you can just do, do the focus wirelessly as well the it's only thing i'd about, say about it is it it might be a bit bulky to put in a in a in a rig like um do you think like i mean that it's sort of well, i mean i agree yeah, with maybe, you on the not, maybe gun, not on a it, gimbal but steady but cam might be okay because a lot yeah. of the time you're battling for not battling for weight on steady cam you're battling because this stuff's too light yes steady cam you it, know? but i mean it, it is also asymmetrical because it's got this handle that's out in my case it would stick out to the left yes it, because uh, it's giving you a bit of room a to get cables in on the left hand side of the camera but also keeping the right hand side of the letting you still you grip your camera the way you naturally would yeah i, I kept thinking well gee why why can't they just flip it around so i could have my focus naturally on the right hand side but you, you or put my you grip it naturally on the right hand side but that you're naturally trying to grip it on the right because you want to keep your hand free on the left to do focus so it's it's it it makes sense the way they've designed it and i think part of keeping it open-ended is that it lets you uh it doesn't tie you into one particular camera 
You know but what I mean? You, you, you said it was a bit expensive. You got a price on it? It is. It um, although it's it's uh, it's about a month or so away. Pretty much every single thing at NAB is about two months away. How, okay. how, how, how when will this be released? Two months. Uh, that was the standard thing. I think last year it was ninety days. Now we're down to two months. Okay. Uh, it's um, I think it's going to be two grand sub two grand for the cage, the which is obviously it's got an internal battery, uh, the the uh, the motor. Um, rig, you know the top rod mounts, bottom rod mounts, rod mounts, cables, and and things like that. Extra nine hundred dollars if you want to add the wireless part of it. And is uh, that a is yeah, that like a so permanently built in battery, or can I swap one in if it runs out? It is permanently built in. Um, it has an external DC in, so if you want to power it off something, but. From what the guys on the stand were saying, that this thing will run all day, all night. It just goes forever on on its internal batteries. Okay. One thing that might change that, which is a, gr- a good option, but will lower the battery a little bit, is what they're they're looking at is um, offering a little um, a DC out, so you could actually power the camera from it. So it could power the camera, power itself, power its transmitter, power the motor, power everything from from internally. So. It'd be interesting to see how that pans out and and whether they decide to add a um, um, uh, a replace internal battery. I, th- I think not because it's very solid. It's it's not heavy, but it's very solid. I think there's a lot of battery in there. So as I say, it runs it runs a fair while. Uh, it's expensive, but I think if you are running running and gunning like this all the time, I, I think this is really I think this is really sweet. It's one that I just couldn't stop playing with it. It was, as I say, my second second best thing in the show, apart from the next thing, which which oh, we, we want to touch on Halo. Yeah, no, now. let's do Halo now. Um, you you yeah. can explain it for those that haven't seen the oh, video. Though I'm I will say try. it does look like I'm a sonar uh, detection system for doing. Um, uh, it is definitely. It is very. Uh, basically, it's it's the it's the alien um, scanner from Aliens. Yeah. Uh, they're in the many room. of the alien movies actually exactly they're on top of us um it is okay so basically it uses uh, it uses a lidar uh scanner the same sort of technology you might use on an autonomous car to avoid uh accidents for you know for basically for just finding its way down the street so it's constantly mapping it's constant a small scanner it's really probably i don't know about the you're trying to sort of, I don't know, I hate saying like a this, hockey puck. About size of pack. Yeah, it's a hockey puck size thing, mm. literally, yeah. And it goes under the camera. Uh, what was on the show is actually going to be smaller later on. They're going to make that, that whole system even smaller. Uh, but that goes under the camera or above the camera. And that's basically scanning the whole area. And it's what it's doing is actually scanning quite a wide area. It's scanning way outside your camera view, right? And it's looking for, essentially, logically, it's looking for humans so you know it might it's not going to show every shape in the room it basically gives like a graphical representation okay so the two parts are that this scanner goes under the camera and then you have if you imagine an ipad with a focus control on the side of it quite you know an ipad size thing and the screen basically gives you this top-down view of the room or top-down view of its its field of view and whenever a human enters you get a little dot on your screen now, what that, what it also does is the main unit on the camera hooks up to your camera motors. If you're using, ideally, you would use this with lenses that are are talk to the camera, so the camera knows what iris the camera the lens is set to, and knows and 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 obviously it, it you'd have a focus control that you've you've calibrated, so it knows. It, so then the the unit will know 
the focus distance, it'll know where the lens is, and it'll know where the iris is. So what you then get is a field of view on your little screen that shows humans in the frame, right? And then also there's a little like a line superimposed over there that shows where your focus distance is set. So you can choose to go quite manual and use the control or even touch on the screen to put the focus near near the dot of the human right um and if two or three people are in the room it'll it'll show you it'll show you them as also as dots as well so it's really not looking for garbage bins or poles it's literally scanning for with fuzzy logic i guess that sounds like that's probably even old old that's probably even old old terminology these days but it's looking it's searching for humans human faces right like any good uh, alien would (laughs) Exactly. So uh, what you can then do, of course, is simply touch on any of those little those little dots and it then will auto-track. So they can walk around the room. The clever thing is they can actually exit the frame, come closer and enter your frame closer than when they left and the focus will be already there and, and waiting. Right, it's because already, it has it's tra- a wider it can field track of them, view It can track the them out does. of frame, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and it's sort of, it, if people cross, of course, it's, 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 it's going to, it has kind of like a, a blank out time, which basically prevents uh, it from completely freaking out if people cross in front of each other. So you can see these dots. You can then tap on each dot to change the focus from person to person. Um, uh, and of course, then you can switch it all off to manual and just uh, just just use it as a, as a guide. I guess it's kind of a uh, if you remember, like the cine tape, basically, which is like a sonar tape. Yep. sits on top of the camera. It gives the focus puller. It's not trying to replace the focus puller. It just gives them an extra guide to, to they can decide to use that information or ignore it or just use it as something in the back of their head. This is exactly the same. It works the same way, except far more accurate. In, uh, information to follow um and the ability of course then to literally lock 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 the focus to to a human now jason um, if you want to and, pull and focus, it's not just literally yeah if sorry. you want to pull focus like let's say i've got yeah. a dot up there that's you know bob and i'd pull focus yes. to carol is there some way yes. to say pull focus you know as fast as you possibly can or just pull focus kind of slowly because if i go from one dot uh, to imagine another it's damping gonna... yes you can literally it's going to go as fast as possible if you tap one human a and then you tap the dot for human b it just goes as fast as possible i didn't get into it but i imagine there would be um if you want to do that you're probably best to, to to do it manually but maybe you can set it to do set the focus speed to be slower but then i think that would then if someone suddenly moves faster it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna it's probably gonna play havoc with it if you start to track this person but don't you go too fast so you probably can't really you probably can't dampen it that mm. way and the other thing is also because it knows the iris of the lens the 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 the, the, the indicator line i guess for the focus um it has kind of like uh, expanding guides which will not only tell you where the focus is but it'll show your depth of field as you change the iris and as you as the right. subject or as you move the focus point nearer or farther so you can actually see the two dots so literally, if you've got two people foreground and background, say, you can literally look at you can look at your focus split to see to say where shall I put it and on what iris would I need to be at to be able to keep these people in in focus. Obviously, that's still a guide. You then need to look at the monitor. Um, but what it also does is there's two things that it spits out from v- HDMI. It'll actually you can loop your camera video through this unit and then it will put up on your your video split can actually it can overlay all of the um, oh that's interesting 
all of the focus now i think in that shot which will be in the show notes there's a shot of two monitors um there's one showing you it has an hdmi output or it has a video output showing the actual scanner you know the scanner dots yep. and, and showing you the layout of the room and the other one is the video split from the camera but being fed through the unit so on the top of frame you can see there's a nice little overlay like every camera would do showing frame rate or whatever but on top it's showing your focus and iris and things like that as well so it's it's doing a lot of data overlay as well so uh, crazy is that he's thinking of between two and five thousand dollars for this thing of course there'll probably be um, there's lots of other accessories. There's a really nice little display that you can put by the assistant, which has a really big, bright orange um, focus focus guide thing. Literally, if you've got it on a crane 20 feet up in the air, you're going to be able to look up there and see what your focus is set at mm-hmm. and also obviously see it overlaid on your screen. So, um, This was winning I a lot of there is, applause at NAB, wasn't it? I mean, I think... Uh, it it was, was winning awards. It was very clever. It, yeah. I think... I think with the big screen like that, it's it, you could consider it somewhat. The, I mean, the iPad size focus screen, you could consider that a bit niche. Uh, I think to gain traction, and I'm I know the guys are definitely looking at this to gain uh, traction with with focus puller owner operators. It would need to be something smaller, maybe more like an iPhone six in portrait mode you know like something smaller so right. the screen was smaller you still got the same information but uh, in heart and soul it was a focus was a remote focus controller and it's an it's it's actually an ftz ftz controller as well you can do focus and zoom uh it's got a nice little <laughs> little sort of on-screen version of a of a microforce zoom control so it was really it was really interesting i'm going to point you towards uh news shooter not newshooter.com good you know good mates and they are they have done a good um walkthrough there's plenty of video walkthroughs out there showing this demo i've tried my best to try and explain it audibly but it's nothing this is one of those have to see it to understand it things i think but uh but i think uh, you're right that description yeah. of or the just go aliens watch aliens. attacking in aliens yeah. is about the <laughs> it's it's spookily it's almost like they've the the you can see that like the layout of that scanning screen it is literally like they've just gone hey what the hell let's design this like the alien scanner because it just looks (laughs) it just looks like it so out of those three things one of them wasn't Mm. the new dragon weapon so you want to talk about that it wasn't yeah absolutely is that shipping in uh, 60 days that is shipping, yeah, in about a month, they say. Well, there's the two stages to it. There's the uh, – <laughs> this is complicated, and I'm going to get this wrong, and there will be dozens of red owners who are just going to be screaming at, the, at their at their car radio or iPod right now and going, what the fuck are you talking about? That's completely wrong. My understanding is a two-stage uh, upgrade program, one to go Dragon Weapon 6K, which means basically take we, – we keep your existing 6K Dragon – sensor and we uh change the back end to um be the weapon the new design weapon body and then at the end of the year end of this year uh it moves to 8k weapon which is uh the big bickies i was looking for and waiting for for years but uh sadly missed my boat uh to go full frame to go to vista vision to go to 8k i don't care about the 8k but i do care about the really large sensor uh, and of course, the other thing, which again, both missed, out, we wished and hoped for, but we've we've, we've jumped ship before it came, is the um, inclusion Pro-res. of ProRes. 
Yeah. So uh, I got to tell you, I was looking at uh, I was looking at the design of it uh, on the sta- on the in in the store uh, uh, on the stand, and looking at all the new bits and pieces of the, um, the the new parts. There's a new bomb. It looks like coming a new mounting system for the new bomb. Uh, I don't think it's even called a bomb anymore because um, there maybe you know that would be maybe too much going through TSA <laughs> with a bomb attached to your weapon. Um, but uh, all of that stuff, the build quality looks fantastic. The fact that the monitor on the top now is slightly larger and is contact, we've got this great contactless or cableless system on the top, not wireless, but cableless. With you know, yep. you can screw in the LCD monitor, and that all of the power and video signal and touchscreen controls comes through the camera body. You can put a top handle with no cables and has a little little roll stop button on the on the top handle. Um, all of this is it, it is stunningly built and is beautiful and is basically what I'm not going to say it's not what Epic should have been, but it is it is it's everything that we'd hoped would be corrected or fixed with with, with the whole DSMC mindset. You know, larger sensors um, and ProRes and uh, yeah, but uh, it all comes at a bit of a cost. And I, I spoke to a few people on the show floor. Who uh, you know were diehard, and some of them we know, Mike, who are diehard red people. Cut them, and they bleed red. And they uh, basically said, "Well, I've done the math. And now all the prices are out there. I'm out." It's basically people who have dragons. Even if you have a dragon, forget starting at Epic. If you have a dragon, um, based on the fact that you have to swap over your media to the mini newer, faster mini SSDs. Um, say you're going to get four of those. I think there's a pack of those. That that's ten grand alone. The average swap over price I was looking at from people to as trade in, um, including all the little bits you might have to buy because there's a lot of stuff. Uh, as much as we want to hang on to the obsolescence, obsolete thing, um, there is a lot of stuff you get to throw away. You know, all the modules you've had don't don't work. Your SSDs, if you had them larger size, they don't work. Um, and when the camera comes back from being turned into a weapon, all the inputs on the bottom are gone. You now have inputs and outputs. You have to now buy an extra module for a few hundred bucks to go on the side just to be able to let you plug anything into it. So, But the average get-out-of-jail-free price was basically in the, the mid-$50,000 to do this swap-over, to buy so to do the upgrade. That, that's not... That's not to buy a new camera. That's I've already got a camera. That's I you want to give a get camera. a sensible, yes. working, new, yes. cool one. Yes, you don't end up with two cameras. You have to give a camera away, and then you, that's part of the upgrade. Seventeen thousand, odd, spookily seventeen and a half thousand dollars in trading for your for your dragon. Um, but yeah, the changeover price basically to get to the end game of this this year's end game uh, would be to get to eight K to get to full frame would be about yeah in the low to mid fifty thousands. Um, uh, yeah, so for a lot of people who had you know had hoped and had and had waited. That's that's going to be a little bit too much for some people, um, particularly if maybe if you have an if you started off with an you know they're saying we'll give you seventeen and a half grand back trade in that's great but if you started this game off with a Epic M, that's not what your camera was initially worth you know that was quite a quite a the 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 entry price was quite a lot more than seventeen and a half look you know they're giving you money back but they're also you know they're, they're, it's a little bit of give and take. 
and if you're if you're if you're on that on that train, you're on that railroad, then this is what you probably expected to happen, I imagine. And if it didn't, well, maybe you haven't been following along uh, as closely as as you thought, perhaps. But yes, definitely, uh, there's definitely met people who are a little bit annoyed, a little bit pissed off. It's pretty ironic that the same time that that's happening, you're getting the Alexa Mini coming out. Absolutely. Now the Alexa Mini, well, that is not going to be cheap either. Really, you're talking about driveway prices there. Not fully, you know, not like completely insanely kitted out, but just, you know, just ready to yeah. shoot stuff. Uh, at least here around maybe 80 grand. And so what? you're talking about the sev- 80 grand. 70s, 70-ish. Yeah, yeah, pretty much 70, 70-something, 70 oh late God. 70s. That's way more than I yeah. expected. Yeah, but it is, I, ha- I had a, a, a play with uh, play with it at the show. And it is, I got to say, it is, it is, that is stunning. That is a beautiful. I mean, I, I I don't want people to think that I don't think Weapon is is fantastic either. I think it's it's beautiful and it is amazing. And you know, it would be a definite competitor to to um, at that price point and in in functionality and build quality to to Alexa Mini. But uh, yeah, Alexa Mini is is definitely. Uh, uh, epic size, weapon type size, beautiful carbon fiber, fit and finish is amazing. Um, light, it weighs about as much as an epic, very compact. And uh, I, and the media is, uh, yeah, the CFast 2, I think, you know, and high, some high frame rates. And uh, yeah, and 4x3, 4x3. So if you want to shoot anamorphic. Mind you, of course, you've got the bigger sensor in, in the weapon as well. That's another reason to go to the 8K is not necessarily to get the full frame look, but then you have a you will be able to extract from that, a, um, no doubt, a correct, proper um, academy 4x3, um, correctly, sized, correctly sized anamorphic frame out of that, yeah. Did you see Dragon weapon footage? I did not. There's a really big queue, and to be honest, it all I I wanted to, um, but there's a really big queue for the because those you know you walk in the door, the two biggest stands at the front are Black Magic and Red, and uh, it's just swarming, swarming even down to the last day. It was very hard, but yeah, I wanted to see I wanted to see the weapon footage. So what's the dynamic range yet? like? Do you reckon? Because that's the thing that makes people love Alexa, right? It's dynamic range. We've yeah. talked about Black Magic having great dynamic range. Yes. Where's the I, red sitting on that? I, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. And do you have any idea what the ISO is on it? On the, on the... I'm sorry, I don't know. Oh, I think it's... it's um, I guess no, it's 1600 or... It's getting up to 1600 to... Yeah, it's, it's, it's getting up there. Yeah, I think that's... Um, it's catching up, <laughs> huh. I should say. 1600... Maybe two thousand, something like that. I'm sorry, I'm speaking out of my ass. You're asking me questions. You're writing your your questions are writing checks. My my brain can't cash, I'm afraid. Okay then. Good to know. Sorry. That's, That's all right. information overload over the last week, as you know. Yeah. You, on, on so many fronts. So was the vibe um sort of enthusiastic or not about the mini, the Alexa? Given that uh, the well, point? I mean uh, how do you mean? I mean, the minis had been sort of announced and released, yeah. and, and but, and, uh, but this was the first chance people had to kind of get their hands on one and look at them. Did yeah, yeah. Oh, look, it I think it was. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at it, you're on the Ari stand, and of course, it's yes, it's enthusiastic there. I, I think it's very impressive. It, the sales, it's it's sold very very well, and of course, uh, Ari are just surprised. Why 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 are people? You know, what do you mean? You want to put it on a 
you don't want to use it on a gimbal. This is not for just for they they, they don't quite uh, get the fact that uh, I love how people Ari want to buy this as their A uh, camera. Clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They're kind of a bit confused why. Oh, no, if you um, have a created another useful product, in a good damn. way. <laughs> what do um, you mean? You're bad talking. German accent. Yeah, no, but I mean seriously, yeah, so like, like uh, I think it's great. But I totally would use it as a normal camera. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, I, people are using people are yeah. used to that already with with epics and things. You're used to making small cameras large and using that. You know, this is not this is way beyond what they what they plan these things for. Same with you know Sony and the FS7. This, that camera is you can't. It's it's almost it's out of stock virtually around the world. So and uh, you can't buy that thing for love or money. And because you know they thought, oh well, this is just for doco run and gun, but they have no. You know, people want this camera for way more than just run-and-gun doco. It is more powerful, or it's got the same sensor as an F5 with with this, with the you know resolution of the F55 and uh, dynamic range to match both of them um, for for a third of the price, a quarter of the price, and 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 the ability to have E mount and or create full frame if you want. So it's. Uh, you know, no wonder it's it's selling well, but they don't they didn't see that coming because it's uh, was never it was not how it was designed for. So, so we've discussed yeah. a couple of um, rigs, but I was curious because you flagged the um, free fly mimic, and that I that yeah. makes sense to me, right? But you also yes, flagged indeed. another gyro arm, and I couldn't understand why. <laughs> So explain to me. This is what's this going is kooky. So you go down the back of like Koreatown or like yeah. Crazy Town down the back there where it's yeah. uh, nutty. So this the thing, wild west. Okay, this this the wild west. This is uh, crazy. So this is like a Russian arm, right? That you can suction cup to the roof of your car. This is from a Chinese company. It's called the Paladin Arm. Um, if you, uh, yeah, again, links, links in the show notes, but if you Google Palad, P-A-L-A-D-I-N arm, it's basically a, uh, rather than, rather Sorry, than, I'll, I'll just say that slowly for people that aren't Australians, P-A-L-A-D-I-N, yep, go on. Thank you. Um, it's, yeah, it's a, a, um, a, a crane that you mount to, you suction cup to the roof of your car and then it has remote controls uh, to raise and lower it and pan it around. And at the end of it, it comes with uh, like a, I think a Ronin or you can put a Movi or you can put any three-axis stabilized uh, gyro uh, on on there to mount your camera. So it it is a mini Russian arm. It's designed to drive to any, they say any car that has a hard roof. It weighs, (laughs) I think, 100 kilos or so 120 kilos there's two different sizes uh it has sensors in all of its suction cups that will give you a warning if any of the pressure in the suction cups go low God, i hope so it has ultrasonic uh there's shots there in the show notes of the box on the top which is like the interface box which everything yeah. you know all the all the all the feeds go down through that has ultrasonic sensors in it so it'll sense if you're getting too close to another car or another object or your own car uh, mm-hmm. And we'll we'll stop that we'll stop the limit. You can set limits on the crane itself in the arm with so it won't go too high, won't go too low. Uh, and of course, it all comes down to two uh, sort of you know uh, iPad type things with joysticks to be able to do pan and tilt of the arm, and a second panel for the camera operator to do pan and tilt uh, and 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 obviously and and um, and roll of of the camera and and the video feed of the camera. So. 
I think that I'm trying to remember what the two sizes are, but there's probably I'll try and find that as I talk. But the smaller one, the footage on the on the website looks great, looks beautiful, looks like any old any other Russian arm stuff, except uh, the smaller one is fifty grand and the larger one is a uh, hundred grand. And uh, Jace, yeah. this thing would work well, <laughs> presumably, kooky. with the uh, the mimic, wouldn't it? Because if you were just hanging some super stabilizer yes, on it, it you could sit would. in the car with the mimic and control it it's quite possible i think that the, the good thing about the mimic though mimic is probably better suited to being a little bit more out in the open because the operator um needs a bit more room to move and I, th- I think that might be a little bit open to a little bit of interference or okay. you know and then the two units not talking i think that's i think this is better suited because you're literally fixed sitting in a seat yeah, in a car yeah. And you've got cables, just yeah. I'd go go with that. I'm trying to work out what the two different sizes are between the two. Um, but uh, so the free fly yeah. mimic, which is I'm, I'm alluding to, is basically a sensor yeah. you stick on a otherwise, you know, no camera, no uh, nothing um, bar, and Anything. as you move yes. the bar around, yeah, but exactly. But it's got no nothing on it other than this sensor. Exactly, it translates like a Nintendo Wiimote. Wiimote. Yeah kind yeah. of thing and then really. that, that translates that movements to whatever's going on on your uh on exactly it means that the person operating the, the it, this is mainly for two person operating of a of a movie, of a movie gimbal yeah. so, so it means one person is free to just run and watch their step and go faster than perhaps that they would if they weren't concentrating on framing and it lets the other person not necessarily having to run along beside them and this is all wireless they can sit on their they can sit on a chair 20 feet away 100 feet away and and just mainly just pan you can pan and tilt and roll your monitor around or you can stick it on the side of your head and put some uh, VR goggles on your head and do it with your head if you want or stick it to the back of your monitor, stick it on an actual arm, stick it on whatever you like uh, and that talks to the, the movie itself and uh, you take care of the pan and tilt and roll while someone else can uh, concentrate on not falling over with it all. So if you are uh, a movie it's one of those, this is a why didn't anybody think of this before? Accessory. Yeah, oh, it's very cheap. Amazing, and it works really, really well. Uh, I have, I did take a, a great shot of it of how it works. Um, it, uh, someone literally. What's funny is that the person operating is doing this thing where they're literally lifting it up high and lifting it down low, hoping you know, just classically oper- trying to operate it. Of course, the uh, that what that doesn't have has no control over over high altitude. But it's funny, you sort of you can't help yourself, particularly you, if it's all strapped onto a th- onto a thing that right. feels like you're already holding a movie. So you lift it up, and of course, the lifting makes no, no difference to the movie. It just makes a difference no. in terms of raw pitch and roll. Just means you have to look higher <laughs> at your monitor. That is it. That's yes. it. Very funny. But it it worked outstandingly well, and literally, it's one of those intuitive things. You don't have to. You don't have to. The joysticks are annoying if you're trying to do a joystick. It's a bit of a pain. It's not very intuitive. It's not very proportional. It is proportional, but it's not. It's not great. This is a really. This is literally something you can give to a five year old, and and they will they they'll get it. It's 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 Spencer instinctive. Five year old movie kid. <laughs> Indeed. Hey, um, so why did you why did you flag to me the Ronin M? Because isn't that just a Moby? Okay, what's? Uh, yes, it is. Well, it's a small. I've been looking for a small. Well, yeah, it's cheaper than a, a, a Moby, but I've I've been looking for a smaller. There is still a solution to be had. I'm looking been looking for a smaller 
um, gimbal that really suits the smaller stuff like the, a, the the Sony A7 or mirrorless stuff like GH4. Yeah. And I think that why I think it's also worth flagging is the original GJI Ronin, which launched I think last year at NAB, was great and well made, but um, was very ha- heavy and largely slammed or largely put down for being too heavy. Um, uh, and uh, this. And it was designed, you know, you just you can put you can put larger cameras on it, but it was very heavy. Now, so the uh, Ronin M is much smaller, much lighter, is beautifully designed, is beautifully designed perfectly for, for the for lighter, smaller cameras. Um, it's thirty two bit, so it doesn't freak out. You can easily, without having to press any buttons, go from suitcase mode to low mode to high mode. You just just move it, and it just says, "Yep, whatever, I'm happy." It has, rather than the joystick that is all wired in, it has a, like a little sort of small joystick which is actually uh, it's actually wireless. So you can literally detach that and if, say, you're hanging out the side of a car and you probably want to concentrate more on not falling out of the car, uh, you can literally give um, the uh, other... Or if, you're, if your other hand isn't free, literally you're hanging, hanging, hanging out of a car window or something, you can give the little remote to someone near you and they can do the pan and tilt and you can just hold, concentrate on, on, on not letting go. And it's probably Bluetooth. It probably only goes for like 10 or 20 feet. But it's really nice to be able to detach that that little remote and give it to someone. And what I like about it is a lot of those those these... Gimbals and stuff are all, all very much uh, adapted from um, from UAV technology. So all the batteries are very much like pulling in and out of remote control cars. Lots of cables and working out which way the plugs go and all that stuff. This is uh, they've adapted a bit of the um, uh, a bit of the uh, Phantom, you know, the the little um, quadcopter. Yeah. technology whereby it's like it's a it's a it's a battery block which docks right in so and then you can also unplug the arms off the top you know literally you've got with most with most gimbals you've got a top handle and then you've got side arms you can literally just ping pop those straight off so literally you can just go reduce the weight and just have the top handle so it was very simple very modular very clean very well sorted no cables it didn't fuss about being put in any different situation and i think it it was really good that is coming out a couple of months and it's under two grand so i you were saying um, you were saying that it was ideally for sort of slr almost level but don't they have i mean i'm pretty much i've seen epics on it so it's not just that. Oh, no, you would it? have seen that on the original. You would have seen that on the original Ronin. So this is ah, this is like a mini so mini Ronin. M, right, is the mini version. Okay, that would make sense. Right. Yeah. So yeah. if you and go to the what I think I what I like about it up and it was the it was a bit more expensive. That would also explain it. Right. Yes, exactly. No, this is it's not on their website yet. Oh, it might be, but it's, there's no real pricing. So yes, a couple of months under two grand. Very impressed with it. And I think a lot of the other those other small gimbals, and I'm sure if you remember, maybe playing with my home homemade yep. Fovi thing. Uh, to go from low mode to high mode, you have to go, now I've got to twist it this way, but then I can't tilt it that way because the lens hits this. And then if you want to go from low to high or any kind of rearranging, you've got to work out the number you subtract, the number you first thought of and move it a certain way because everything hits everything else. This, everything is, nothing fouls on this thing. You can literally take it from any direction to any direction and any angle and, and nothing hits. You don't have to remember, like you know, those those flip out sun reflector things you every no matter how many times you use them you still have to think how the hell do i fold this thing back into the bag 
Um, yeah, nothing bumps into anything else on this thing. You know, you know what I mean. You don't have to remember yeah. how to go from high mode to low mode. You just flip it, and it just goes. Okay, yeah, I'm pointing. So yeah, it's it's clever. Okay, so get back I to really cameras for a second. The last I think of yes. our cameras for discussion. Uh, Canon. Yes. What was happening over at Canon? Yeah, well, the C300 Mark II, which was probably the most significant thing. Now, I didn't have an awful lot of time playing with it, but I had a good look at it. I mean, it's also, it's one of those things that it is incremental rather than revolutionary. Um, and this is not shipping it in, you know, two months, is it? This isn't way out till like, September or October, is it? isn't it? Is it? Yeah, okay. Um, is that what it says on, the, on that link? It is... Um, uh, the significant thing was they they uh, one of the, one of the things that I I the things that I didn't well the main, the main thing that I didn't enamor me to the original C three hundred was I quite liked the ergonomics I liked the viewfinder and I liked uh, I did not like the whole top top mounted EVF the flip out monitor thing and I did not like the dynamic range it was probably about eleven twelve stops and it was it was it was it was it it got a little bit DSLR-y pretty quick with hot windows and things. Now they've they've changed they've improved the dynamic range, which is terrific. I think it's now back to fourteen stops, so that's great. Um, they've added the um, the adaptive focus, so literally you can if you want to put it on a steady cam, it'll 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 work beautifully. Uh, well, you know it's, it can't be the human operating your focus, but it, but there's been lots of tests with the C C one hundred Mark IIs. Um, the dual pixel uh, AF focus and it works really well and it's very intuitive and they've, they spent a lot of time working on that out um, yeah it's a beautiful design uh, they've added some higher end frame rates I think it'll do 60p which is good uh, it's not as high, it's not, you know it doesn't quite beat 180 frames a second on my FS7 but uh, hey and the fact I think they're doing PL mount as well there's a PL mount or an EF lens mount but you have to take the thing. It literally has to go back to base to to get that changed, or to uh, it's it's a, you got to pre-order it that way. Yeah, because um, I, I thought it was EF only. So that right. I seem to remember but, something about PL mount. Yeah, I could be wrong. Um, uh, and yeah, it's and they, I think they've upped the bit rate, and yeah, there's a few things they've changed the resolution of the flip out. The flip out monitor is not much better and brighter, and I think is uh, an OLED now. I think, but yeah, they've improved a few things, but kept it pretty kept it pretty same. It's a pretty incremental change, but uh, a few good things. Main thing being the dynamic range, which just bugged the crap out of me before. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's I think it's a, it's a worthy choice. But at, you're talking sixteen thousand dollars now. How good, how, how, I don't know whether that stacks up against, I think, I think if you look at the Ursa Mini, which is better dynamic range, uh, and I think arguably better ergonomics perhaps, it's got a flip-out monitor, which is bigger than this, five-inch flip-out monitor, um, I think you could, you considering the fact that you could go with the 4.6K, you know, drive away probably price of maybe six or seven grand for the Ursa Mini, half the price of this and it's i don't know i think it's and it's going to end the ef mount version i think you're right by the way there I, is a PL i got it i think I this i think this one gives it a significant scrotal paper cut <laughs> do you not <laughs> you were right there is a uh, pl mount uh, version i was right uh, inaccurate that. right isn't it also like twice yes. the price of a fs7 i mean isn't it an fs it is 
seven it's like Tyson price for an FS seven. Yep, sixteen gram versus yeah, whatever it's like seven, eight, eight, eight or so gram for an FS seven. Uh, and this does sixty frames a second, and that's already doing sixty frames a second. Yeah, up to one hundred and eighty on yours. The FS seven does one hundred and eighty frames a second, yeah. but it does it at HD. But it will do full true for this does. Um, yes, does four K though. Whether it's a UHD or real four K, I imagine it's true four K. Um, but you know, uh, there's a lot of things right with this camera as well. Dedicated buttons to go, you know, for you want to hit shutter, you boom, you go, you want to change your shutter, you want to change your uh, frame per second. There's a dedicated button to do it, as opposed to the, the annoying, F, uh, very annoying FS7 menu where which which you can't do that. Um, so, but hey, that's not, this is not this is not. <laughs> This is not worth worth double the double the money. I, I think it's uh, I think it's overpriced. Uh, I think people who have bought Mark ones will probably buy them. But I think if you are new to if this was your first next next big uh, camera decision, there is some choices you have to make now. Ursa Mini being a significant uh, one of them. This is how much Blackmagic are now a player. I think. Hey, so um, is there anything happening in lighting? We've only, we've only discussed cameras. Oh, that was a cracker. I just saw it on the last day. Now, the F and V... Now, I've got some sort of ring lights, you know, LED ring lights. There's a few of those. But um, F and V make... Um, no idea what it stands for, but they made quite a big ring light. Uh, I'd say, I don't know, it's probably two foot wide. Really very bright, bicolour. But the cool thing that they did, they made it. They've got a simple version where it's literally you can choose dimming and uh, tungsten or daylight, the usual thing. Uh, but also they had made a, a, a wireless version, which I think there's an app, and you can actually choose. It's got like about four or six, I think it's one, two. It's got like eight sections in it. So literally with the app, you can you can switch on and off different sectors of it, basically, eighths of this thing. So you could literally just do a big ring light and you could literally make it just light left and right or just the the, the left-hand half of the circle or the right-hand half or just the top two parts right. and control the color temperature. I think you might even be able to say color... Give me daylight on the left and tungsten on the right. I'm not sure. The app wasn't there to play with. But for something that's under two under a grand, has 15-inch rod mounts... Um, runs off battery power is wireless is quite bright and quite big uh, it's you know it's solid it's it's plastic but it's still well made f and v have been making led lights for quite some time and these are not horrible green leds the 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 ire or whatever you call it the color accuracy is is up there um yeah, I was very impressed with it. So I think it's called the Z720 Ultra Color LED. As I say, I think in the lower, cheaper version, it doesn't have the wireless and you can't control all the sectors. But it's a, it's a smart ring light and it was really powerful and I thought it's really, now, really Now, I just want to jump in on that. You said it's really powerful because yeah. I was lighting something the other day with um, yes. uh, ARRI LED lights that look remarkably... Um, I think it was an L7C, but, you know, it's basically the... The LED that looks like a classic ARRI light, uh, like a tungsten light, you know, that shape, yep. not, not a ring light like you're talking about. But I was stunned at how little output I was pumping out of it. I mean, it was great I could dial up the color temperature on the side, and it was great that it was very good color temperature, but it just didn't have a lot of output. The wattage just, you know, just was... I was like, well, where's the rest of it? <laughs> yeah. Is an ARRI light. Yeah. So this ring light really was putting out a lot of light? 
Well, I seem to be, yeah. Like on okay. the stand, on the show floor, it, it, you know, I mean, it's a reasonably well lit area, you know, a space, and uh, yeah, it seemed very powerful. Um, I mean, it's quite big, so there's a lot of it. It's got you know, probably the average, the, the net, the only other F and V. I have the F and V, the previous F and V uh, ring light, which is probably <laughs> about eight inches high. So this is uses at least at least double the amount of LEDs in it. So although they're not necessarily brighter, there's a lot more of them. So I guess you could say that's a stop more light. It's double double it's double the um, double the amount of LEDs. Um, so yeah, it seemed it seemed well bright enough. I think. You know, hmm, okay. I, I was I was yep I was impressed. Um, I mean, there's there's LED lights, and then there's LED lights, but this is this is battery power, you know, or DC power. So it's not. It's been a bit elusive. It's not an as AC to how only two forty volt. Thing. Did you get a price? Uh, 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 yeah, it's uh, about. I think for the dumb version, it's about five hundred bucks, six hundred dollars, and about a thousand dollars. I think for the uh, for the smart wireless version. Okay. And with with the app and everything. Yeah, it's really, uh, really, really very cool. Yes, I think you can change each sectors. Each uh, it's four sectors. Sectors, so you can just do just one, or you know, as I say, you can do. You can choose what section has what color temperatures. Oh, they have also. I don't have a link for this, but you got to watch these guys. F and V. They're doing a great. They're doing lots of great travel kits where they have small, like like one by one LED kits where they're going to have three or four in a kit, like three or four like one by one light panels. Yeah. And they're all wireless, so you can and and you can sit there at your camera, set them up, you can set up a backlight and then a key and then a fill and then sit by your sit on the camera and literally look at each one. I want oh let's make the backlight a little dimmer and let's make it nice warm tungsten mm. and just literally touching it with you. So all of them can be linked to your iPad. And it's this this seems quite sense it seems very sensibly done, very simple. And I think you know, you can get a whole kit that fits in a very small bag that are all wireless. If if you're if you're if you're a one man band, to be able to set up these lights in an interview situation and then not have to constantly get up, look at the monitor, walk back to the thing, move it a little bit closer. You know, you can literally be doing a lot of your lighting and getting it balanced from from sitting by looking through the viewfinder and and, and with the the iPad or the iPhone in your hand. So these guys are really specialising in smart light, cheap portable um uh lighting solutions very impressed with them you um you haven't mentioned gopro at all i was really enthusiastic to see a gopro with a broadcast transmitter off it so that because you know the yeah latency was so crap in the iphone version (laughs) yeah well this is serious this is for web streaming um it's serious in more ways than one and uh the main thing being it's quite and it's very powerful, but I know very little about it. But I do know that the price is uh, many thousands grand. of dollars, seven and a half thousand dollars. Yeah. But if you're going to do live events, you know, live streaming, or um, this is not a late. I don't think this is a. This is literally to to go for live broadcast to the yeah. web rather than for a, like a, a latency free um, HD link to back to um, your live van. Um. Yeah, I, I. I must admit that I didn't see that on on the stand. Was there any uh, other GoPro the, stuff there that? Was oh, they had. They have their. Um. Uh. They had their immersive. Uh, their three sixty degree thing. Uh. Right. Where they have a backpack backpack recorder. A backpack recorder that will record. What do you call it? 
VR rig stuff? VRX, yeah, it was just 360 recording, yeah. um, whereas a lot of the rigs up till now have multiple cameras where you have to put a camera, a camera, you have to put a card in each one, and, and then when, when you've got them all together, how do you sync them? You know, you need six slates. I don't know how you even sync all that stuff because then you, when you put it into the software, then you're going to have to, you know, um, sync them all up. So they have a uh, backpack recorder thing that records all of them, all all, all of the, the streams from, from six GoPros. Uh, I think it was six GoPros onto a backpack. And obviously once you've got it, um, even though it still comes through as multiple files, they are all um, record, you know, the start and stop points are all the same. So, um yeah, it was uh, very interesting directions that, that GoPro is going in. So uh, I think there's probably more um, like than we can possibly cover in the show, but was there anything else that, uh, that yeah. you really wanted to cover this week? Maybe we can pick it up with uh, maybe next week. Um, I know there was something to do with uh, Magic 8, though I have no idea what you're referring to when you text me that. That was... Uh, yeah, that's a new, a new, a new, that's a new EVF from um, ah. Zakudo. Now, what I did get to see while I was there, which was something I've been busting to have, which is the Zakudo have a new EVF called the Gratical, which is full HD. And I got to say, I put my eye to a lot of the cameras on this floor. I think, I think the Alexa viewfinder is great. I think the viewfinder on the um, on the Ursa is the new Ursa viewfinder is is really good. But I've got to say the Gratical and this new light or the eight ball version of it are it's the sharpest viewfinders on the floor easily, and just the right um, just the right uh, magnification uh, size as well. But the Gratical is um, pretty expensive. I think it's like three. The Gratical is expensive. It's about three three grand yeah. for the HD version. Now what they've done is is and this thing is just. Um, it's beautiful. It's machined. The, the radical is, you know, is is a plastic thing. It's very hardy and very well made. But this new one, I think they call. Well, I we joked. I joked about it. It's called the, the eight ball, and I think, yeah, I think that's what they're calling it. Um, imagine just a, like a machined metal uh, aluminium ball with the same beautiful optics and the same panel and the same OLED. 1080p OLED um, panel and loop and um, optics of the, of the Gradical. Um, it's very much simpler, so it's still going to have you know a menu like a joystick menu menu control, but it uh, it has SDI, a nice Limo power in and and uh, HDMI, so it's designed to be an uh, EVF for cameras that will provide power to it. Um, and that alone uh, slims things down an awful lot. Doesn't have to have battery mounts. Doesn't have to have uh, power supplies and things. So very much simpler. And even though this thing is built like a, it's built like a, a beautiful Swiss watch. This thing. Yet um, the prices I was being. I don't think I'm telling tales out of school. I think it's definitely going to be under fifteen hundred dollars, twelve hundred dollars or so. Oh, that's a bit more for, affordable. I think the sharpest EVF. I reckon it would be great. It would be a happily work with, with. Um, with red, anything as an alternative to this, to this, it'd be cheaper than the, although not built for it, but it would be cheaper than the um, the Ursa Mini or Ursa full size Ursa's viewfinder. I, I'm busting to get it on my on my on my camera on the FS7, even though I like the camera, the EVF part of it or the optics part of it is not its finest hour, um, uh, and. 
is is bulky. I think the great thing about this thing it is really it is seriously only about I don't know three inches long, and it, there's no way you're gonna not be able to get that viewfinder out of the way. A lot of the, even the even the smallest viewfinders get in the way of map boxes these days. As cameras get smaller and they go further back on your you know they get lighter and they they go further back on your shoulder. The you know the the viewfinder is going to want to come more forward. So this is ah oh, oh I. I want it. Hurry up. Hurry up, Steve. Build this thing. I'm busting to have it. Yes. That I, is probably most of the, the great stuff that I Any good, that, that any I good parties? Always. Absolutely. I must give my hearty thanks to my very good friends at GTech who threw a couple of crackers. Um, um, myself being a, a GT member, I much, much appreciate their... Um, um, their um, ability to pick up a barbell, hospitality, and their ability to pick up a mighty barbell, uh, very impressive. Uh, yeah, there was plenty of parties. There's way too many parties to get to. There's some parties I was busting to get to that just literally couldn't, uh, couldn't, couldn't make it. There's just way too much going on. And it all starting to start a little bit earlier now. There's a lot of parties starting on the Sunday before and going right through to the Wednesday. The show is not, the show is not big enough. It's not on long enough. Uh, even still, you know, basically, it's essentially Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you got a little half day on Thursday. Really, people start to stuff pack stuff up midway Thursday. Mm. So, it's it's not enough, considering how much there is to get through. I didn't. There's a whole section above. I think uh, South South has that lower and upper. Above South Upper. Well, actually, one thing they did interestingly these days, this time, if you remember, I think in past years, the whole top section of Central, I think, was they had the whole section which was audio. Now, what they did now was sort of mix that all up, so audio wasn't quite its own little sort of section where you could wander around and see. I always had to make a special trip out to see the audio stuff, and always sort of felt like it was a bit of a lost section. So what they did was there was camera stuff up there, and there was audio stuff sprinkled throughout. So it was really it was all quite a lot a lot more spread out. But uh, South Upper Hall was called the Drone, the Drone, and not the Drone Zone. It was a, there was the whole whole drone arena i think so literally i didn't even have time to get up there but there was an uh, apparently every drone manufacturer and drone wannabe was up there literally every single every single knockoff there was an awful lot of those to the, the this year there was some major two or three major companies that were doing similar to the the uh, dji phantom and stuff was looking very good and very well sorted major major um major companies making um, uh, legitimately cheap, affordable, well-sorted um, alternatives to to the Phantoms. So, a lot of uh, you know sub thousand dollar dollar um, GoPro um, video transmitting wonders. So yeah, I'm not sure what we're going to see. Oh, I saw, I did see one. I saw one 3D rig, which was intriguing. Literally, when we think about it, last year or two mm. years ago yeah where there was so many was, was there a vibe there, that this was the show of you know x or y like you know was there one thing that i don't was think like there was with? no no i think i don't know i i i i i don't think there was a vibe like that at all but there was a definite thing that there was a lot of gimbal stuff last year and there was a lot of 
you know 3d stuff for the last two years before that i can't think it really had a had a theme i think there's a lot it was a lot of stuff getting legitimized a lot of you know uh, this was a big a big particularly a big as i say a big step for black magic that they are now part of it used to be you know you got ari and and sony and canon and i think it's a big four now and, and i think they've gone from building some quirky cameras built in a vacuum that were sort of, yeah, nice try, but maybe now they are, as I say, Ursa Mini really puts them, is now putting them, and with the, the other camera we haven't talked about, you know, the micro, um, the micro cinema camera, uh, and so many significant launches, this, maybe next year, maybe next next week, hopefully I'll have a chance, or maybe you've already got um uh, Resolve 12 on your machine, and we can talk about that next next show because I think that uh, what the resources and the manpower they have put into that app to make it uh, not just a really good grading platform, to make it a significant a significant editing platform. Your alarms kick off. I'm I'm also probably going to have to uh, leave you there because we seem to be in the eye of a cyclone here in Sydney. And uh, yeah, it's not good. I, I'm yes, I'm, I'm going to have to go and at, keep at mopping a up the near, water that's near uh, Jason and I, <laughs> somewhere between. It's just clocked in at 128 an hour, kilometer an hour winds. What? Yeah, Terry Hills is just clocked in at 128 kilometer wow. an hour winds, which on the yeah, scale got... of the map only goes between plus or minus 90 kilometers an hour. And they like, yeah, just want to put a little note here that it's actually off the dial so um, it generally travels in a direction from terry hills to me so uh yeah i better go i've already got water coming out of, of two or three places in my roof yes. um and in my basement so it's so, been great yes, talking to you jace um thanks <laughs> if you don't get blown away we'll cover more okay. next time um, guys, if you've seen something, if you've seen something at NAB, uh, or you want to hear about something, it's quite possible that Jason saw it, and uh, or one of the other people associated with them, um, like John, uh, who was also at NAB, saw it. And so, if you could like, yep. send us an email or a text or a Twitter, um, we'll try and uh, cover it and uh, find out what's going yes. on. And there's obviously a lot of we'll stuff. Add it to, yeah, we'll add it to the at least half a dozen things I've still got here left on my list. And we are a minute. We are one hour twenty. So, so again, all right, I'll go thanks. and batten the hatches. Yep, 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 yep. Go Put out strap the sandbags. Yep, yep. Bring the cat in. Try and make a raft out of something to row to safety. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go and see if my house is still standing. Jason, it's been terrific Cheers, talking to you. Thank mate. you guys so much for listening to the show. Um, as I said, there was an article on FX Guide covering some of this stuff. We'll be posting more stuff in the show notes, uh, which is available, uh, obviously from the RC on the front page. Until then, I'm Mike Seymour. Thanks, guys. Cheers. See you. Thanks for listening. Send your questions or comments to rc at fxguide.com. Copyright 2011, FX Guide, LLC.